Back on the OUNsider.com podcast, I'm joined by the lead recruiting team writer and recruiting analyst that is the one, Brandon Drum. Brandon, how you doing? What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, it's been a long, long journey. Um, lots of travel. Um, more travel coming up on OU Insider uh, as I will be down in Texas here in the next few weeks. Uh, then I will be down in Florida, Georgia, California, and then the D.C. area uh, to wrap things up as we do the recruiting tour as we started doing, I guess, a year and a half ago or so uh, on OU Insider. And now it has become a focal point on during the spring where I spent at least 10 days in Florida and really in Georgia and really Brian and I hit up all everything we can. And then I go out on my own, usually meet up with Colin in Dallas and Houston. And then uh, I'll do my own thing in DC and California. So it'll be fun. Um, but there's a lot coming and uh, there's a lot to talk about, obviously. Yeah. Let's start with uh, 2022 linebacker <clears throat> commit Kobe McKenzie who flashes on tape. He's listed as the number one outside linebacker in the class and number four in the, in the entire wait, – wait, puts Oklahoma at number four in the national recruiting rankings. But also, he moved from outside linebacker to inside linebacker as mm-hmm. a sophomore and flashes on tape. Particularly, there's one play that I loved in his huddle film where he tracked down Jace McClellan, scraped <laughs> and fit and – Every other fan loves it. <laughs> right, right. So – that that's huge getting a 2022 defensive yeah. recruit in January. Yeah, so um he was a guy that you kind of felt was close for the past couple of months. Uh he's made random visits to Oklahoma. Uh he won't be at the junior day uh this coming weekend. Um there is a well I wouldn't even call it junior. There's a get together this coming weekend with uh, several of the elite talents showing up on campus, and we'll obviously have a whole bunch of that on OU Insider uh, starting tomorrow. But, um, yeah, there is a uh, a lot of recruiting going on, and he is he's a huge pickup as far as that goes because he is what – he is Kenneth Murray after Kenneth Murray kind of figured out the position. You know what I mean? He already knows how to play the position because he's been doing it his whole life. Kenneth Murray had not. Well, he hadn't been playing the whole the position his whole life. He moved from outside linebacker. Right, but I mean, but he's been he playing is, linebacker. Yeah, yeah I, I wrote about this on, on Insider, saying that he is where Murray was as a freshman. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Okay, yeah, cool. Nice. That, see, there you go. Great minds think alike. On our website. <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, so that and he, he body type, very similar. I mean, he... He is going to remind a lot of people, as you wrote on your Insider, of Kenneth Murray. I mean, he is. Uh, everything about him seems exactly like him. He's very. He's also a very open kid. He's a very talkative kid. He's a very personable kid. Um, but as far as his talents goes, he's got the speed, the range. He can go sideline to sideline really fast. Um, and the instincts. The instincts is one thing that, I mean, it can be taught to an extent, but you got to have the innate instinct, and that is something that he has that makes him special. Uh, that's why he can fill the gap and, and close in on Jace better than everybody else can. Um, and he can do the things as a sophomore that people as a senior in high school can't do and why he's ranked so high. I mean, he's a potential five-star. That's what people need to realize. He is a potential five-star. He is a five-star on the website. Like, oh, he already is? He's already listed as a five-star. I saw his four-star on a 
Five is a composite four star, or is he? It's composite. Composite five star. Okay, two four seven has even four star. That's why I put him four star when right. I tweet out. Okay, yeah. So he's a composite five star. But I mean, I'm talking two four seven. He could be. I think he will be a five star on two four seven eventually. Uh, not just rivals and uh, ESPN as well, which adds into our composite. Um, but I, yeah, I, I agree. I think he is a five star. I think he's a top twenty twenty five player in the country. Maybe even higher than that when he, when it's all said and done. I think the opening and the Under Armour camps are going to be really interesting to see where he, how he performs. Because if he performs well at those, mm, he's going to shoot up that really fast. So on the other hand, we have had lots of offers go out. Uh, I mean, it felt like everybody was getting an offer last Thursday yeah. and Friday. Who among those offers do you keep an eye on? Uh, really, the Caleb Williams. <laughs> I mean. We're gonna be honest. That is one of the. I mean, he said, "Okay, so depending on who you talk to, right? Okay, so if you're talking to sources around Norman, he's had an offer for a long time. If you're talking to Caleb, he has not. Well, I've kind of come to the conclusion that he didn't put the offer out and didn't say he had an offer because of the Fandergriff situation, and he kind of opened up to that when we were down in Orlando." And he said, look, and even in San Antonio, I, I, I gonna, actually was on. I'm going to jump so, in here and, and say that I talked with him in June and it's on the channel. And he told me he had an offer, but he also understood that Brock Vandegrift was going to camp. So like, yeah. I, and it's also one of these situations where Caleb does not like to talk. He just, yeah, he, he just does not like to talk. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's really close to the best. His dad, Carl is more of the guy that. You want to talk to about things. Uh, he's more open. Um, and in speaking to them, uh, you kind of got the sense that Oklahoma, that move, uh, Vandergrift decommitting was huge for them. Uh, and I, I'll put it to you like this. When I talked to Carl in San Antonio, I met his dad because they were on the same flight as me from Orlando to San Antonio as well. And I was just talking to him. I said, so – do you plan on visiting Oklahoma? I mean, would, would they be an official? And I knew the answer because I'd already talked to Caleb, but it was more the reaction of the father that kind of, I stepped back and I was like, okay, well, this makes more sense now because uh, Caleb had once said that OU was his dream school. When I asked his dad about the visit, he said, oh, of course. I mean, you could say that we're going to visit there maybe a couple of times. And I, I, I didn't delve into it any more than that. Um, because I knew they talked about the spring game being an official potential official visit, um, but I wouldn't be shocked because they're they've got the money because dad dad owns a a big gym and is a big corporate guy in DC area uh, to make the travels. I mean, he was taking visits to OU when they when Vandergriff was committed for the Texas Tech game, and when I talked to uh, Caleb off camera, I asked him, I was like, "Why did you do that?" He goes, "Because I knew." eventually something might pop and OU was a place I really, really like. And that's all I said. And you can read between the lines on that. Joe Brady gone. The issues going on at Penn State with the uh, Franklin situation. Oklahoma looks like a pretty good spot for Caleb Williams right now. I'll say that he was texting with Joe Burrow and spent a four-day trip in LSU for his last significant visit. But obviously Joe Brady moving on. And yep. the idea that you won't have Joe Burrow around to tutor you goes into it. But also, there's so much that goes on with this kiddo because he's not just wanted by Penn State and LSU. 
and Oklahoma, George is also in there too. Uh, and so I, you can probably well, uh, but yeah. but it's worth talking about. So we're talking about it. Yeah, I'm not prepared to say that what he's planning to do, except <laughs> that he wants to commit before his senior season begins, which yes. makes a lot of sense. And the two visits could be broken between spring and summer, or they could be in February and the spring. It all depends, but I get the sense that he's going to wait to see what LSU looks like and where he fits and how good or bad they feel about Miles Brennan, how good or bad mm-hmm. they, they feel about a grad transfer perhaps coming in there. And also, just what do you feel about the situation at quarterback for Oklahoma? Because Rattler seems like the guy. We would expect him to be the guy in 2021. Yeah. Chandler Morris is there, provided Tanner Mordecai is still there. That's a full quarterback room, as opposed mm-hmm. to perhaps walking into a place like LSU and being the day one starter. Yeah, um, I guess so. They, the, I, I'm told by everybody that they think Miles Brennan is really, really, really good. Uh, when we were down in Atlanta, that's all everybody wanted to talk about. They're like, they're not going to fall off because they have Miles. They feel so good about him. And I, I, I wonder if that's a Joe Brady thing. Um, maybe Joe Brady had a lot to do with it, the development of Miles. Um, how the new guy they bring in, I think that's going to be one of the intriguing parts of this. If I was a betting man, I you would probably say LSU, OU are probably the teams that Caleb is most interested in right now. And that battle right there is interesting because of all the things you named and that and also because they're the two best offenses in college football. And that's a pretty good thing to have if you're a five star quarterback to have both those teams wanting you the way they do. Um, Vandergriff's situation is going to be intriguing because where Brock goes is going to set a lot of dominoes in place. Uh, and I, you know, you and I both fully expect him to go to Georgia or Auburn, uh, maybe Florida. But uh, if he goes to Georgia, you can expect LSU and Oklahoma to really, you know, if they're not already, really put the pedal to the metal on Caleb. So I want to take a break. I want to pick it up with the news of Ryan Jones and the train. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Transfer portal. So I wanted to pick it up with Ryan Jones entering the transfer portal, who has played like four different positions on the defense and was recruited to Clemson to play wide receiver. So we know he can go... Either way, kind of like Ty DeArmond, who ended up at Southern Methodist. Troy James went into the transfer portal last week. I mean, it's portal season, but is it noted attrition for Oklahoma, especially with Jones, because he played 18 games, but he also had a pick against UCLA. And I've always been very high on his upside, provided you can find a place for him to play. I mean, I was prepared to have a discussion about moving him back to strong safety, and yet here we go. He's going to finish the semester, and he's going to be transferred out. Yeah, but is he going to be? Because is it going to turn into a Crawford situation where he ends up pulling him, pulling his name out of the, the portal type deal? I mean, I that that's what I'm. A lot of these names that are in there, some of them end up just sticking around. I mean, you've seen it with uh, Aiden Miller, 
uh, Quaylen Crawford, um, you know, several of the guys where they're I mean, in, they're out. Well, type and deal. Scooby Carter did the same thing out at yeah. Alabama. Uh, no, yeah. people will remember him as missing the champion barbecue because yeah, of a flat tire. Flat tire, <laughs> right? Uh, so Jeffrey Carter, for those that remember him by that name, as opposed to Scooby. But Scooby went into the transfer portal at Alabama, and Saban came out and said at the Citrus Bowl, "Hey, look, he can come back if he wants. We understand." And that's exactly what he did. Same thing with Crawford. It's about where your landing spot might be, right? Because you'll go into this portal and you'll either find you're in demand or you'll find that, you know, maybe we don't want to use a scholarship on you to redshirt. You know, maybe we would like to go get a grad transfer who can help us, like Mm -hmm. Michael Jones, right? I am fairly certain that Michael Jones is going to come out and play somewhere. Might be La Tech, right? But, But you would come out and play somewhere. As far as Ryan Jones is concerned, it's about how he fits in the defense because asking that kid to line up in a seven technique and put his hand on the ground, I was always just hold, I would put my hands over my face. It's like that's not what he does, and he would get blown up. You know, asking him to play some will linebacker, I can sort of see it, mm-hmm. but for me, he and Caleb Kelly were always just big, strong safeties, and I've thought that from jump. So yeah, he could come back out, but I just. I could see him wanting to wash his hands of it with a coach that didn't recruit him and a personnel that a scheme that he was never fit to run and might even be welcomed at a place like North Carolina or East Carolina or even Clemson, depending on how you want to feel about what they're doing and how they're doing it. Yeah, I absolutely. I, that, that, that's a, he's a very interesting athlete. Um, I always thought he fit best at outside linebacker, uh, most specifically the rushbacker um, or Sam. It didn't matter, one of those two. Um, basically because of his athleticism and the way that he can – he was so good about, you know, going and covering in space. He could cover. Uh, he could he could fill the gaps. He, could, he, he was great going downhill. Uh, he did a lot of things out in space, especially early in 2018 where we remember – we were all like, man, he's going to be really good eventually. And then they stopped playing. And it seemed like that became more of the trend than it did anything else. And then the new staff came in, and they were all high on him again, thinking all oh, his athleticism, he fits this, fits that. But I never thought he fit inside linebacker. But for some odd reason, he was always one of those guys that they loved down in Norman. Um, and I don't know. I... I thought the move to he was thinking about moving over to H back because of how big he is now. Um, I thought that may be a good fit, but it's also super deep. So I think they probably just said, you know what, man, you're probably best off in the portal if you're not going to stay on defense. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Um, he's going to have to lose a lot of weight if he wants to go play wide receiver somewhere. A lot of weight. I want to pivot to the linebacking depth and ask straight up. Oh. Yeah, you know it's coming. Levi, man. Levi Draper. I mean, we both love him. We both think that he was outstanding coming out of Collinsville. He just has not shown up on in meaningful snaps. I mean, we're watching a walk-on out of Rejoice Christian in Owasso and Brian Mead play mm-hmm. six, seven, eight times more snaps than Levi Draper has played. We know the talent. We know the athleticism. What's your read on the situation? Um... I mean, I think right now, uh, 
I, I he's obviously going to go through spring would be my my bet. Other than that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it would imagine how things played out in the spring, where he sits on the depth chart coming out of the spring game. Um, that would be probably where you're going to find out one way or the other. I mean, it, as far as the depth goes at linebacker, it looks like they're going to need him. So, I mean, uh, there may be some different thinking going on than there was previously. If he was planning on transferring, there may be some different thinking uh, going on because of you know Ryan Jones leaving, all that. There's a lot of things going on, uh, and even more potential transfers probably that if you were to stick it out, you could eventually end up being a guy that plays quite a bit at OU. So I guess you're going to have to find out and see after spring. I mean, that would be my best bet. Is he going to wait till after spring if he is going to announce? I mean, that that's the only thing I can think. I think this is the story that we've heard about Draper from the moment that he had his shoulder injury and Kenneth yep. Murray Jr. had to step in. Like That's how quickly the butterfly effect happens. If he does not have his shoulder injury, we're talking about Levi Draper in the way that we've been talking about Kenneth Murray Jr. And naturally, Levi was the better fit in 2017 to play middle linebacker because that's the position mm-hmm. he played in high school. K-9 came as an outside linebacker, and you saw what kind of a rusher he is, edge rusher, these past yeah, couple really of good. years, right? And his mm-hmm. his athleticism is second to his speed, his speed closing. Like, I can't wait to watch and see what K-9's 40 time is, but instinctual and understanding the defense and being a leader were all the things that we expected Levi to do. And if he makes it through the spring which at this point looks even more likely as we continue to get the semester rolling. We're through the first week of classes on Friday. We're recording this on a Thursday. I, I could just as easily see the kiddo ended up at a place like Arkansas or even the University of Tulsa yeah, uh, as play Memphis, at Oklahoma. Maybe. Yeah, Memphis. Right. Um, yeah, someplace like SMU I think would be a good fit. Yeah, those are places that, I mean, if – he was a transfer out. I would bet that they get a good, strong look at those. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, it is it disappointed if you're an OU fan? Sure. But at this point, I just want to see Levi play meaningful football. He's too talented. He just is. Yeah. He's too talented. Uh, I enjoy watching him play football too much to, to wish him to stay there and just provide depth at a place where they're bringing in Brendan Walker, who could go inside or outside, and Shane Witter's already on campus. You got Brian Asamoah there. Caleb Kelly's coming back from injury. We know what Brian... Robert Barnes is going to try it out at linebacker. Right, so. and that's news, right? Because yep. we didn't. We, he was not heard from, for the most part, this year. Mm-hmm. 2019, I should say. Yep, adding weight. Yep. Right. So that'll... And to see Robert Barnes coming out of high school is to see a guy that felt like he was always going to have to drop down. But that's the yeah, same story as, Robert, as Ryan Jones. So there's no... There's, Oklahoma not a guarantee has, that it works out. Yeah, it's not yeah, a guarantee it works out. Oklahoma has been crappy bad, about it, right? Yeah. It, been cl- just, Oklahoma's been absolutely crappy about defensive moves. I mean, going back to Ricky DeBerry going from linebacker to fullback. You yeah. know, it's just it just ain't the way that it's supposed George to go. James from defensive yes. line to fullback. Right. Yeah. So I, I think all of those things are important. But speaking a bit, of more, a bit more about Robert Barnes and him dropping down, that also – just adds more depth at a position where Draper might have a hard time standing out. Everybody wants Caleb Kelly to be good. And it feels like yeah, even with do. the regime change, they're going to give Caleb Kelly every opportunity. I mean, Curtis Bolton, Buzzy had to go out there and just take the job. 
you know, because yeah. it was just going to be Kayla's by de facto. And I don't, I'm not certain, like anybody who's not in that room, what he's doing in the room to earn that level of respect. But he's obviously yeah. doing it in a way that they find not just trustworthy uh, but worth playing. Okay, so I've talked to people and CK. I want to tell you, I love CK. But CK is him and him and Buki are the best salespeople on the team. They're great salesmen of their brand and who they are. And no matter who you are as a coach, as a fan, as a teammate, you buy into those that sell themselves and that they sell themselves in the right way. And that's what you see with Buki. And don't get me wrong, because I think Buki's a great player. Um, especially this past year, he's really, really good. Um, but uh, that the salesmanship, it goes a long way. I mean, branding is big, and we do it in our industry. Players do it, and it usually pays off. If you're good at branding yourself off the field, you're usually good at branding yourself on the field, and um, it pays off. And those that are quiet type guys, sometimes they get pushed to the back, and that's what you see. A lot of those quieter guys – they usually don't end up making a lot. If you notice, a lot of the big names out there at all schools, not just Oklahoma, they're the more vibrant personality guys that have put themselves out, not just on social media, but out on the field. They're there talking to the coaches, having a good time. They're a rah-rah guy. Coaches take notice of that stuff, and that pays off in the long run. That's just my opinion. I think Caleb's a great player, but is he better than a lot of those guys? I don't know, but I think he's really, really good. So I guess we'll figure out. I think the linebacker is going to be a strength next year with Deshaun White and Caleb Kelly. Depth may be an issue, but I think the starting is going to be a strength. Because then you got you Wegbu trying to move inside maybe a little bit, or at least getting a look inside. Um, because you got John Michael Terry coming back. You have Nick Benito on the outside. You Wegbu will probably be both. Um, you think Brennan Walker is going to be both. Uh, Grinch even said it. We can play him inside and outside. He said it at the press conference. So they're, they've got – talent but is the depth going to be good that's going to be the experience is going to be lacking on the inside but the starters should be really good i want to take a break and i want to come back with expectations for just the winter and the spring not the season i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's in just the winter and the spring. Mm -hmm. We're headed into winter training where Benny Wiley gets to earn his money. And we have an understanding of what the depth chart looks like going forward. And I kind of want to go through that to some degree. But we all expect Spencer Rattler to win the job. I know that Lincoln Riley is going to give Tanner Mordecai every opportunity to win the job and Chandler Morris will join up in June and we'll get the perfunctory notice of, you know, nobody's won the job and so forth, so on. But knowing that you have Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, Charleston Rambo, Bridges when he comes back from suspension, Braden Willis, Austin Stogner, to go along with a offensive line that is going to be experienced all across the board, no matter whether or not you like Eric Swenson or not, he does have experience. That's going to be anchored by Creed Humphrey. Yes, you lose Neville Gallimore and Marquise Overton, but you get back or you get in Perion Winfrey, whom I I am 
I, I'm a huge Perry and Winfrey fan. Having got to speak with him and knowing what they're asking him to do to be Gallimore, you get Josh Ellison to come in and help you with that defensive tackle spot with LaRon Stokes and Jalen Redmond. You return eight of your 11 starters from this defense. But what do we want them to do this winter, and what do we want them to show in the spring? Uh, we're talking specifically offensive line, correct? Well, we yeah, we could start with that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, I think left tackle is going to be, um, well, um, I think it's going to be Wilkins mm. uh, out of the Camden, Arkansas. I think he's going to be your starting left tackle next year. Um, other than that, I think the state's pretty, you stand pretty pat on the uh, guards and centers, obviously, and right tackle. I think Ely will be there. Uh, Rotation-wise, uh, I mean, obviously you're going to think Swenson's going to be out there. Um, maybe... Uh, offensive tackle-wise, man, maybe, I don't know. I mean, It's time to move Bray back out there to right, man. It's time to put him behind Adrian Ely. Yeah, I mean. And, and, there's, think, and we got to find, we got to, we, nobody's heard from Daryl Simpson. Like, that's the other part, right? It's just kind of, yo, man, is, does, is he alive? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I he's, he's a quiet kid, right? And that's a big part <laughs> of it. But. Knowing that EJ and Domo Gar is going to take another year of apprenticeship from Creed Humphrey, I feel good about that. Obviously, you feel really good about Stacey Wilkins, a guy that coming out of high school need to put on a lot of weight. Not unlike, ooh, yeah, man, who am I thinking about? Tyrus Thompson. Tyrus Thompson looked uh, almost the same, right? But once he blew up, turned into a great player for Oklahoma. I think Wilkins is kind of in that vein. I would love, I would love to see Eric Swenson fix his problems like yeah I'd love to see him get a little bit quicker with his feet I'd love to see him flop his feet when he anchors down he's got tools it just takes a minute it's gonna take a minute yeah I know for sure I mean he's he's there he just he also has an injury problem where he always gets injured so right. I think that's that's another another issue so you for me I I, I really do I think Stacy Wilkins is a guy that they remember they almost brought him out there and started him this year. They almost pulled his redshirt, so um, they like him a whole lot. And there's a really good feeling around Norman that they think that he's going to be he could be one of the missing pieces to take that line over to, to the next level. I need to jump in here and, and ask you a question. I just flat out forgot to ask you in the open segment. Okay. As I understand it, in my reporting, Justin Harrington is not enrolled. He is not, and he will right. not be enrolled till May. That's that that's okay. Cool. So this yeah, no, he thought you he, and I have he, talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I put it up on the board, and I was in the chat. I mean, right. somebody asked that question, and that's where I reported. I didn't put a post up or anything, but yeah. So I talked to him last week, and he just said I ran into a few issues um, with the the obviously the transfer stuff, but I'll be there in May. Everything will be all good. I still think he's going to contend to start. I think he probably will start at one of the safety spots next year, and um, which could open up some things. Uh, you could move. Obviously, it's going to be weird. That means you could move maybe with the way they recruited uh, uh, Trey Norwood back out to corner, uh, which would lead Buki and maybe uh, maybe move Pat Fields down to nickel with him because Pat can cover out and say uh, – uh, in space as well, and he's really good coming downhill and covering. Uh, maybe you move DTY because he's not as good in coverage uh, as far as he can play closer to the line. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they could package that, but 
having Harrington on uh, in your depth chart adds a lot of different wrinkles that you can do because he's so long and rangy. I mean, he he's a guy that you see, he's a type of guy you you probably agree with this, that you see in the SEC that's really long, really rangy, and really fast, and can just make plays. And that's why a lot of those Southeast schools were recruiting him. He's my favorite uh, of the junior college signings from the standpoint of how he can help Oklahoma. Like I, I where's the Winfrey, huh? Manila? No, no, really? no, 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 no. I love Winfrey for what he's able to do and how he's going to be able to just plug right in and play. But yeah. for Oklahoma, the problem was not run defense and it was not getting penetration. The problem no, was the, was, the, line, yeah. was the nickel situation and the top of the defense. Because Harrington, 100%. I, I, he has the most opportunity to help you right now. Bryson Washington is going to be better in my estimation. He's just going to take a couple of years to get there. But Harrington at six foot three and at two hundred five, his tape is outstanding. He is the free safety in their single high coverages, and he's right. everywhere. He's a hard, he's a tremendous tackler. He returned kicks. He returned punts. He is. I can't overemphasize how big he is for his position and how yes. well he moves at that position. Yes. But I, I would like He's to, NFL all day every day. I would like the to see looked, him yeah. come down and play the Nichols position because it is the most difficult position to play. One. Two, I think that Delarian Turner Yell, while having his issues in coverage, was your second leading tackler. You get Jamal mm-hmm. Morris, you get Jeremiah Cradell, they'll be able to buoy you and maybe take Washington, over the Washington, I think, is going to be a big player there, too. Safety. You, I like Pat Fields where he is, even as he does not have the speed to, to run with everybody. I think he's a really capable uh, center fielder. But I would like to see Buki have an opportunity to compete for a corner position. I'd like to see Trey Norwood get an opportunity to compete with that nickelback position. I, I genuinely believe that your best defensive back in today's football has to be your slot corner. Has to be. Because that guy's got to know leverages. He has to know what the call is, how the call is. He's your mm-hmm. he's your probably your third best edge rusher, depending on how you feel about that position. And not only can he does he have to run with wide receivers in the slot, he's gotta be getting matched up against tight ends. Guess what Buki's size does not does not allow for? <laughs> That's true. Guess what Justin Harrington's size does allow for? That's true. Nothing like watching the national championship game and seeing Isaiah Simmons is bigger than tight end Thad Moss. That was shocking. Yeah. And that also comes to understand for me how, one, you drop him down and call him a linebacker, but he is a hybrid safety. He's a middle safety. He's a nickel player, right? Which is what Ryan Jones should have been the whole time. Right, but it's also what I think Justin Harrington needs to be at Oklahoma. That's and not, not going to be Bryson Washington's position. If I'm the OU staff, I, I, I beg Ryan Jones to stick out, and I, I put him and give him a shot there. I do, all day, every day, because he fits perfectly for that position. Everything you just named is exactly what his, his skill set is. Everything. I That's would, who he is. I would add, you screwed him up the last couple of years by playing him out of position. So now he's got That to is 100% true, he but you've got all spring and all summer to work on He has that. to relearn everything, and that's going to suck. And that's, that is. And not just true. is it going to suck, it's going to be tremendously mentally debilitating. It's like, going to be the same thing he has to do when he goes somewhere else, And it's, it's not as like I would say about, about – well, at least somewhere else, they don't know you. And your teammates aren't That's watching true. you move around from position group to position group. And you don't have to go through classes. You don't have to go through meetings with this on you, right? Everybody yeah. knowing fair. that you don't have a position here. Like I, I've always said that the position that the kids play in high school is so terribly important to their identity. 
right? How they actually walk around in life. You and I, we, we think of ourselves in the way that we think of ourselves. If you mm-hmm. are a corner, you are a corner in your heart. If Like, for instance, Perry and Winfrey changing his number from 97 to 8 changes his mentality about how he goes about at Oklahoma. It is a new beginning for him. That is why he's wearing the single digit. And there's a special place mm-hmm. in my heart for defensive linemen who wear single digits on the, yeah, on the front Perkins. line. Right. <laughs> but imagine changing Ronnie Perkins' number. Nah. Well, right. Right. Nah. Right. So, like, with Jones. No, you know when number seven's out there, he's going to get in the quarterback's face. But also, it's, sure. a, it's, it's a remarkable it's number. It's a remarkable yes. number, right? I'm not going to be surprised to see Spencer Rattler drop the seven and go back to the deuce if it's, it's available to him. I know that for a fact. It's not happening. I just said I wouldn't be surprised, man. But, okay. Cool. Oh, you said you would? Oh, I thought you said you wouldn't be. Okay. Okay. I misheard you. Okay, I thought you said you would be. I was like, nah, that's but, not happening. But he wore the deuce in high school, right? The change to seven is also a signal for something new. My point being, all of these things go into how well you play. You know, not just whether yeah. or not the coaches get along with you, not whether or not you, not just whether or not you fit in the scheme. It's about do you believe that this is your position? Do you believe this is what you're supposed to be doing? How much of what Alex Grinch or Brian Odom or Roy Manning is able to do for them is help them understand and convince them this is where you're going to be good and we're going to help you with the transition back or 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 to something different because i mean when we when we hear lincoln talk about this sort of stuff he says look if if it ain't it's up to the kid i can't make them do that because it ain't going to work <laughs> it ain't going to work yeah. and it's going to hurt us you know it's like Trajan bridges playing some safety right they felt they were they were one they felt that good about it but also they were that porous Right? Were you asking the kid to play on three teams as a, as a true freshman? And we're seeing stories about comparing him to Andre Wolfolk and so forth, so on, uh, and Antonio Perkins. So I, yeah. I'm, ugh. I want to see the depth chart get a little bit more clear. And I know that Lincoln hates depth charts so much that he trolls us and he trolls everybody who wants to see a depth chart. But it helps, you know. It it helps the kids have an understanding of where they are, where they fit. They also understand where the, hey, this is what the ladder is, right? If I go out and I do this in individual, if I go out and do this in team, if I show that I am in the film room, I can move up. And that needs to be true. That needs to always be true. And the moment it doesn't feel like it's true to a kid is the moment they go into the portal. No, that's fair. That's fair. That makes, that makes complete sense to me. I agree with everything you just said. Um, there is a lot of reasons why kids go into the portal. Uh, fit, like you said, not the way that they they don't feel like they're being treated, being moved around, all that stuff. Um, and in Ryan Jones' case, I think it's all the above. I mean, he's he's had. I mean, everybody loved him and wanted him to be successful. That's why they moved him around, obviously. But it just never fit, and that's the that's probably the saddest part about this whole deal because he had every opportunity to to really be a big time player at OU, and it really looked like he was going to at the beginning of twenty eighteen. It really did. And then things just went downhill and it never stopped. Hmm. Uh, 
one do one more segment on the coaches and situation going over there. I know you've had a couple of notes that people are going to be introducing the two way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. Interested in, so let me take a break. Okay. Quick. So, I wanted to talk about the coaches in this segment, starting with big win for Oklahoma. Alex Grinch even declines to interview for the head coach job at Washington State that went to former Hawaii head coach Nick Rolovich. I think that's a nice fit. But I, I wrote a story about saying, hey, he's going to have to pick between what I think is a better job at being defense coordinator at Oklahoma, especially right now, and being a head coach at a power five in Washington state, he chose to stay. He chose to try to continue to, to do this, which is huge because Lincoln Riley has been able to do what a lot of head coaches aren't, which is continue to keep the continuity of his coaching staff intact. Like they're not really taking other jobs, right? He's fired the people that he doesn't want around, but leading into that, there's been some scuttle about defensive line coach Calvin Thibodeau. Yeah. What do you know? Well, there was this rumor about defensive line coach. I I don't even know how this got started. It was on like some North North Texas side. So I, I'm, I'm I'm on my radio show it was a couple of days ago, and I get this text with like, "Hey, do you know anything about this?" And I was sent a screenshot of. And uh, some North Texas site saying that Calvin Thibodeau was interested in being the defensive line coach, and then then somebody I got another text saying, "Hey, there may be some rift between Grinch and and and, and uh, Calvin Thibodeau," and I was like, "What?" So I started looking at it just because it didn't. I, I guess it made sense a little bit because maybe they're trying to look and make a different move, but at the same time. And I know people don't like, sometimes they look, they're like, well, that 2018 class didn't pan out very well, neither 2017. Okay, number one, 2017 was his first year to recruit at OU. 2018 was his second year. And at the time that that class came in, guess what? Everybody lauded how amazing that defensive line class. It was one of the greatest defensive line classes OU has ever brought in, period. That's what everybody said. They didn't pan out. A lot of the guys left, blah, blah, blah. Perkins has panned out. Jalen Redmond's there, but the rest of the guys seem to have fallen off or transferred out, what have you. Um, the 2019 class and the 2020 class both look to be pretty good. There's some big-time talent there, and he's built depth and he's built talent on the defensive line, and you got to give him a chance to, to, to develop it, continue to develop it, and see where it goes because guess what? Last year, was the defensive line the problem? No. And guess why? Because he was doing a good job coaching it, and he recruited all those guys except for Gallimore. So that's number one. Number two, uh, I just didn't get it. I, I didn't understand where people were saying there was a rift between them because I've never once heard somebody say, you know what, Calvin Thibodeau is somebody that nobody likes on the, on the staff. Not ever have I heard that. Everybody likes, everybody likes Calvin Thibodeau. Um, everybody thinks he does a good job recruiting. And uh, once again, here he is bringing in JUCO guys that are the two top JUCO defense alignment in the country. And that's because Gallimore and uh, Overton and Famatahu, guys he brought in, they were leaving. 
So it makes sense. If you're going to get talent, you got to get talent that everybody else in the country wants. And that's what he did. And that's what he's done. And everybody that I've talked to, Noah Renze, they think he could be special. He's only played football for like two, three years total. He has no idea what he's doing. He's just doing it off raw talent. No idea. And he broke some St. Louis record with 36 sacks last year. I mean, he's got stupid stats. So, I mean, it, it, he's doing a good job. That's why it didn't make sense. So when I put it up on the board, I was like, guys, I've talked to a few people, and they said, I guess maybe it's plausible because of the connection between OU and the North Texas staff. But other than that, they just don't see it, at least not this year. The most plausible aspect of it is Calvin Thibodeau was the only holdover on the defensive side right. when, when Lincoln Riley cleaned house and brought in Alex Grinch, and Grinch brought in guys that he had coached with. So the, well, the, the only the, thing the that made sense was, was that he perhaps could take a, a defensive line coach that he had already coached with and insert him there. I hear you saying Ruffin, but Ruffin doesn't really have a, a yeah, position to coach. He's untouchable anyway. Well, but he also doesn't really have a position to coach, right? I mean, you can right. you can say you coach his rush ends, but that's that's Brian, right? You could say he can yeah. coach his defensive line, but that's Tibbs. I, I Ruffin's value is to Lincoln. And that's yeah. that's enough, right? That's mm-hmm. enough. But the only part that felt like it could be real is, you know, Grinch was able to bring in everybody else he wanted. Why wouldn't he want to bring right. in a defensive line coach that he wanted? That's the only thing that made sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That that's what I, I mean. That, that that makes sense, and that's what they kind of were getting at when they said it's plausible the connection, you know, and Grinch, blah blah blah. But they never heard once there was a rift, and they all think that he's recruiting, and they like what he's done on the defensive line. I mean, how could you not after last year? The defensive line was was one of the biggest strengths of that defense, and one of the reasons why they were so good in comparison to years past. I know everybody wants to harp it on the. Uh, the LSU game, but we can get into scheme on when we talk about that. Rushing three guys isn't going to get it done against LSU, and that's what they did. But that's neither here nor there. Um, they did a good job developing those guys, and you're going to get to see that in the draft with Gallimore getting finally his due, being a late first round, early second round guy potentially. Yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, that's Brandon Drum lead recruiting and team writer for OUinsider.com. I'm RJ Young. I do a little bit of everything, including produce this podcast. Uh, We have a special running right now. You can get in the door for a dollar a month, dude. Uh, It's pretty good, especially for the folks that read the VIP board where a lot of the insider information and news is located. Brandon has team notes uh, almost daily, uh, sometimes twice a day. He doesn't get a lot of sleep, and he works his butt off. Thanks so much for joining, Brandon. I appreciate it, and RJ does an amazing job. Uh, I think you have a thing coming. Are you got the part three coming on the uh, to the next level? How to get to the next level? As soon as I sit down and write it, but we had. This, yeah, this, I'm with you on that. This, uh, this recruiting <laughs> thing. Colin has his up right now. Colin has his up. It's really good too. Right. On. Um, we have a we have a, a thing going. What they have to do to get to the next level, get to the national title. Our thoughts on it. Joey has one. Colin has one up, and RJ and I will have one up in the coming days. And I got a quarterback notes, and obviously I got some visiting notes coming as well on OU Insider. So as in, in, RJ's got a stuff that he does every day on there and drops little notes and gets videos, all that stuff. So it's, there's a lot going on. Appreciate you, Brandon. Yep, thanks.